Hello. Ah, oh, Bozza. I haven't heard your soft tones in so long. How long has it been? Quite a while. How are you doing? I'm alright. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yeah. That's good. Still alive. Still here. Still going. Unlike some people in Game of Thrones. Stop it. <laughs> like, I know many uh. people are going to die. Because, like, this is obviously going to be... the Well, you, you say nothing now, but I assume this is just the end of... Um, Albeit the end of the White Walkers, and now the last three episodes are going to be them going for Cersei. But I'm excited to watch it. I hope I can watch it tonight, but it might be tomorrow night at this rate. I'm going to be honest, not as many people died as I was expecting. Really? Yeah, and I, I've seen the general reaction has been the same. Um, because so many people need to make it to King's Landing for it to be sick. True, but having said that, people that having watched last episode stop we it, were stop it. totally Shush. done. Yeah, Shush. yeah. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Shush. 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 That's it. Oh, man. I'm sad, though. No, stop it. Stop it. The only person I don't want to die, and I want no response from you, and then you can have your response after I've watched it, the only person I will be pissed if they die tonight is Jamie. Because he needs to kill Cersei. No response. No response. And then you can talk to me later. Or whenever I watch it. Yeah, okay. I'd really like the symbolism of, of Jamie killing Cersei. It's very it's very powerful, you know? Very powerful indeed. Cool. Um yeah, endgame as well. That that's that's sick. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk to me. <laughs> uh yeah, I need to I need to see it. I still haven't seen Captain Marvel yet though. I, that is my plan for tomorrow. I'm off, so I'm going to somehow Find a totally legitimate version and watch that tomorrow. You know what I'd say about Endgame? Is it's the first one of the MCU mm. that if you hadn't watched any of the others, you could not enjoy this movie. Makes sense. Like I was thinking about this because Georgia wanted to kind of come and I told her there's literally no point. Yeah. And then she was telling me how she, she knows what all the characters do and stuff. And I thought about this while watching it. If she had come, she would be so lost. It would have been a waste of time. Like, more so than... Like, it's the first one. Like, I feel like all the others, you could kind of be like, this is a good action film. Yeah. There's very little action for a superhero film. It's a lot of... Oh, no, Dre, don't do this. Dre just messaged me being like Game of Thrones. No. No, how do I message him <laughs> without seeing anything? Get Siri to do it for you. I just said not seen <laughs> later. <laughs> he says he can't breathe. But yeah, there's very little action in Endgame. There's there's obviously a massive f-ing fight, but it's it's yeah. other than that. <laughs> yeah, really sick. I it was perfect. Good. I cried multiple times. It's very sad, but also really satisfying. That's good. You'll like it. Good, good. Yeah, because I've been thinking about because Holly doesn't care to watch like she knows the vagities obviously of what of what happens but she doesn't you know she's never watched civil war and there, there are big ones which she just hasn't seen um and i cba to get her to see them and she'll come and she'll probably be like yeah didn't enjoy as much has she seen Inf- she won't. infinity war oh yeah 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 
Yeah, yeah, we went to see it last year. And she did really enjoy that, actually, even though she hadn't seen that many of them. We'd seen the, all the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and all the Thor movies. I think those are the only ones we've actually seen. Honestly, after this movie, I'm hyped for Guardians Volume 3. Really? Like, really hyped. You'll see why. But I'm okay. hyped. Um, I mean, obviously Gamora comes back. Like, I can't see her staying dead. She she has to come back. Don't don't give me any spoilers, but I'm sure she does in some form. Just gonna stay quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Cool. You uh, you ready to 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 do a show? Yeah, I think so. It's really late. I know. We should. We really need to do these earlier. Every time. Are you sleepy? I I am, but I don't have work tomorrow, so it's chill. Oh no! Why am I on Facebook? What the hell am I doing? Get off. <laughs> Dangerous, dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, okay. Okay. Okay, let's do this. How shall we begin? We've done the preamble. Blowing fix it. Have you got anything to talk about? I actually don't. Nah, neither do I. Because uh, I'm doing that tomorrow. Nah, see, what happened was I all well and good taking those MacBook Airs apart, but then <laughs> in my stupidity I realized I didn't have a MagSafe 2 charger here. Um, and the Brilliant. next time... I went to Holly's, I forgot to bring it back with me, and now this is, this time today is the only other time I, I have it now, so that's my job for tomorrow. But, uh, Fun. Yeah. So, next week, I have new news. I ordered my hard drive screws. Oh, yeah. But they haven't arrived yet. Yeah, that's a shame. So, I have no update. Um, I took that old iMac home. You were there that day, so. Yeah. Um, that was, the, was that the G5 uh, one? Was that the G5? Well, yeah, the one that looks like a G5 but isn't a G5. Yeah, that it's one. It's the first Intel iMac, which I don't know whether I'm happy about or not. I kind of want a G5, but at the same time, it's the first Intel iMac. Might have to get another one that looks exactly the same. Yeah. Or just pretend it's a G5. I mean... It's the design at the end of the day, not the CPU. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's what I tell myself when I look at my iMac compared to the iMac Pro. Same thing. You don't know the pain. You don't know the pain. I just turn the lights off. It's basically the same color from a distance. <laughs> I get it. Um, I have the mouse and keyboard, but my Mac is very much silver. That's, you are a real poser. I know, right? With those space gray accessories. Genuinely, the space gray accessories and 27-inch iMac. It's not even a 5K one. I'm hoping I'm going to save myself a bit of money. And the Mac Pro doesn't come with a mouse or keyboard. And boom, there I go. True, true. Uh, but then if I end up with an iMac Pro, I might end up with multiples. Yeah, I must admit, I keep I keep buying up a Magic Trackpad, and I really want to get one, but I can't justify it for how much I use this thing at the moment. I'm really tempted by it. I keep thinking, that could be my treat. But, like, if I don't use it or can't get to grips with it. I feel like it'd be really useful for logic, but if I can't get to grips with it, I've just wasted £150. Yeah. Yeah, they're not cheap. I, I know I would use it, because um, I've i I've used trackpads like the whole time I've been using Macs, really. Um, and I do prefer it. Gestures are just more intuitive, I guess. Um, would you use it in the place of a mouse? Or I would probably still have the mouse there, but functionally I think it would end up replacing it, to be honest. Interesting. I I would I was planning on having it on the left, um, but I don't know if I'd be able to manage that, being right-handed and all. Yeah, that is odd. Um, but yeah, no, I think it would just replace it. 
uh, I the mouse would the magic mouse would stay on my desk, um, but I would imagine I would go to like use it and it'd be out of battery because I haven't used it in so long. That's what would happen, um, probably. I suspect I'll end up with one at some point. I mean, it's about time. Yeah, they've been out long enough. I will probably, but at the moment, no. Okay, so there's no meaningful bluing fix it. Um, let's do some follow up. We have more details on the iPhone 11. We are starting to uh, to paint a really clear picture of this uh, this new phone. Uh, obviously, the big thing will be the camera this year. Uh, it sounds like triple lens cameras are coming to both sizes of the iPhone 11. Um, hoping personally that that third lens is a super wide angle. And it sounds like the 10R replacement, whether that's an 11R or it's just a spec bump to the 10R, who knows what that thing's going to be. Um, it sounds like that will get the double lens system that's currently only on the S models. Uh, it sounds like the front camera, the true depth camera, will get a bump up to 12 megapixels, up from the 7 megapixels that it is at the moment. And uh, it sounds like there will be a special black coating applied to the rear camera lens to make the lenses less obvious. Personally, that's not the problem with the bump. It's not that, oh, look how ugly those massive lenses are. Um, but yeah, I think, in fact, I'm somewhat, from what I've seen of renderings, really don't like this black coating because it just makes it look like a black square. I'd rather see what's going on under there and feeling like it's there for a reason. What do you think? That's interesting. I kind of disagree. Um, I think it. I think it could be cool. I'm up for it to look a little different this year. Um, if they're gonna make this camera bump this ugly square thing, which I guess I've kind of accepted at this point, as much as I was resistant. Um, no, it's happening. It is happening. It sucks, but it is happening. Um, I think it would be cool. Just to, I feel like it's more because the. The orientation of having three lenses and almost like a, 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 a um, like a triangular layout looks really weird to me. Like, I can't think of another phone that has something like that. Um, not a mainstream one, anyway. Uh, and That's probably why they're doing it. I would imagine so. I think I think you're right there, and I, I wouldn't mind the idea if it's almost almost looking like one giant sensor. Uh, I think that'd be fine. I don't really have any issues with that. Um, I imagine it would probably look... You see, I like seeing them. Mm, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at them now and I actually quite like it. Okay. And all the renders I've seen of it, just seeing this black mass to me looks worse than seeing three different size lenses. I think I love the idea of having the really narrow telephoto and you've got your fat boy if you have the super wide angle. Whereas if it's all just one black square, it's just like, what is this ugly mass on the side of my, on the back of my phone? Hmm. Well, if they do go for this black coating, I, uh, I guess we'll be able to see what it will look like without one when in six months time it all starts to rub off and there's an REP for it. So we'll wait till then and then we'll get to see. We'll reserve judgment until, <laughs> until it's worn off. I think that's um, generally my biggest concern about the thing is that they would start to wear off and then I'd be left with sort of half and half. I'm sure it wouldn't do, but I would be very concerned about that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Uh, we were reporting that they were breaking um, and as expected, uh, it's been delayed. It was meant to go on sale a couple of days ago. It's been delayed indefinitely, although all we do know is there will be a new date uh, to be announced in the coming weeks. We'll talk about the Galaxy Fold a bit more later on. Uh, the Powerbeats Pro 
are launching in May. So these are the wireless, truly wireless Powerbeats that we briefly mentioned on the night they leaked when the new AirPods came out. And since then, they've been properly announced and things like that. We've sort of missed them out a little bit. Uh, They are going up for pre-order on the 3rd of May. And uh, at launch later on in May, only the black color will be available. Uh, There'll be more, including the navy, um, which is the pretty one, in my opinion. Uh, They'll be later on in the summer. Following on from our news last week that the iPhone XR is doing really well in the UK, it's also doing really well in the States as well. Uh, 38% of US iPhone sales uh, in the first quarter of 2019 were iPhone XR. Um, And it was something ridiculous. Yeah, about 59% of all iOS handsets sold that quarter uh, were the 2018 models. So XS, XS Max and XR. Only 40% were an older iPhone. Um, we've had, oh goody, we've got another graph. I didn't see that before. Oh, I love graphs. Um, so that will that will be the artwork for this chapter. But yeah, wow, the uh, the ten R is dominating. Um, yeah, not surprising. Not 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 at all. And when it, whenever I read or see something like this, it's so obvious. It it is it is obvious because they are the only phones we sell <laughs> by and large. Whenever whenever anyone comes in, they're always ten R's these days. Uh, they are just really really popular. Um, they are the ones that I see out and about. I've seen a handful of ten S's and ten S Maxes. Um, I I can't count how many ten R's I've seen at this point. And right, everyone that I know, pretty much, uh, I can think of two three people that have bought 10s's and everyone else has got 10r's you know like personally um which makes sense i think for most people as as we've said before uh there are obviously real benefits to the 10s and the 10s max but the 10r is a really good price point and you get lots of the features you're obviously you you're missing a few but for most people it's a really good price point and you do get you know, most of the things people care about um so yeah it doesn't really surprise me whatsoever and they're colorful everyone loves color so I was in the US of A last week and the iPhone XR was everywhere and they were all red, like almost all of them really? were red. That's interesting. Oh my goodness. You don't see that many red ones here? I wouldn't say you see any more red than you see any other color, I would say. The most I see here, I'd say, is probably white. Really? Ever so slightly. I would say black. I wouldn't say I've seen, I've seen a few white, but not... In the wild, I see white the most. At work, I see black. Um, but in the wild, I see white. But anyway, in, in Vegas, they were all red. Um, very few 10Ss around, but every single one I did see, any phone of a 10 variety that wasn't a 10R, so one of the metallic ones, uh, was gold. So obviously a 10S. I saw, I can't recall seeing a single silver 10 device. I saw one space gray 10 or 10S. But there were so many gold iPhone XSs in Vegas. It was unbelievable. Interesting. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Just everywhere. It was red XRs and gold XSs. Um, I saw nothing older than an iPhone 7 and next to no other brands of phone. They were all recent iPhones in those colors. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But that was a really cool snapshot. But as I say, the amount of red XRs, like pretty much every other person in the street was holding one. Yeah, I mean, it, it really speaks volumes as to sort of 
you, you don't realize the regional difference in um, like uh, smartphone demographics until you see it in person. Like obviously when we were in Europe, uh, you know, uh, beginning of the month, we, it was it was the to- total opposite. Uh, iPhones were the rarity, and there were so many like Huawei's and um, uh, like OnePluses and stuff. They were everywhere, uh, much more so than you know I- iPhones were definitely the rarity there. And more often than not, I would say if we saw an iPhone, it was probably in the hands of a tourist. Um, people that lived there, I would say, uh, definitely Android phones are way more popular for sure. Um, but then obviously the US, in a totally different story, as you would kind of expect, but. Still, it's, I suppose it's uh, um, enlightening to actually see it in person. So last week we talked about how Quo had uh, revised his predictions, Ming-Chi Quo, a uh, supply chain analyst. Uh, he said that the this fabled new, six, is it 16 to 17 inch MacBook Pro uh, that's supposedly coming out this year? Yeah, apparently no one can decide. Yeah, it's around that size. Um, he he revised his predictions and said it wasn't coming this year. Pushed back to 2020, if not 2021, which is a, obviously a, a fairly wide range of dates and a big backtrack from what he was previously saying is later this year. Um, sort of going from within six months to within two years. Uh, but turns out that uh, report was just a mistranslation. He never mentioned the MacBook Pro. He just confirmed that the standalone display is still coming in later 2019, which is nothing but positive news. So when we see this thing arrive, who knows? But sounds like it's still slated, at least for this year. Um, I get the impression Apple are working very hard to get rid of this generation of MacBook Pro. Yeah, I kind of hope they do. I have a soft spot for the MacBook Pro. I really do. Um, it was my first proper Apple product, uh, and I really want it to be good. I really want I want to want one again, if that makes sense. I just don't want one. I would rather have a MacBook Air. I don't want a MacBook Pro because I it doesn't it just doesn't fit my lifestyle anymore. Um, it it's not the computer for me. I don't need it. Uh, but when it was my my only device, pretty much <laughs> that of my HTC, then it was perfect. It was what I needed uh, when I was at, you know, away from home, um, and when I was at home, it was my my one and only, uh, my one and only MVP, uh, and I loved it. But I just don't. There's like there's no place for it now. I've got obviously the iPad Pro, I've got an iMac, and my MacBook Pro is now my 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 uh, that lives at Holly these days. Lives at Holly's these days. Um, I just leave it there in case I need a Mac whilst I'm there, which has happened a few times, and I'm glad I have it there. Uh, but it literally it serves no purpose other than now. It's not even with me. It's not at home. It doesn't live at home anymore. It just stays at my girlfriend's, which is kind of sad. I feel sad for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the point. I, I, I want to want another MacBook Pro, and I just don't at the moment. You've got all the reliability issues. Arguably, they tried to make them thinner than they needed to, and all the thermal issues that come along with that, kind of everything about them. I was about to ask, what, what is it you don't like about them? Because I can't, for the life of me, figure out why I don't like them. I think it's just... I think it's the reputation. I think that's what it is, because when they first came out, I really wanted one. And when I got mine, Same. I really wanted it. But very, and but to some extent, it's also that I want to use the iPad Pro so much. Yeah, I think I. You're right. It's really hard to sort of um, put my finger on exactly what I don't like about it anymore. If that makes sense. Um, but 
I think it comes down to the fact that it is very obvious here that Apple Apple obviously always have this trade-off between form and function. Um, it, it's good and bad. You know, it's caused them issues in the past. I think with these MacBook Pros, they have just sort of strayed a little bit too far away in, in everywhere, not just, you know... Um, Keyboards, for example, is one thing, but in sort of the whole Mac in of itself, it, it's just that it, it just lies a little bit too far away from function, and it favors form too much for a pro machine, if that makes sense. Um, and I think it, it's a folly they've fallen down before. They did it. It's arguably what really hit them with the trash can Mac Pro. That thing wasn't designed well as a pro machine. Beautiful bit of kit. Absolutely wonderful. I lust after them. But as a pro machine useless they hit the thermal ceiling way too soon um, and they became what they are today uh, way before their time um, and I think it's kind of the same story with that as well they're, they're just too they prioritized form too much I think in every aspect of the design they're thinner than they should be um, which obviously has you know many negative benefits you know, thermals battery life all that kind of stuff um, the port layout doesn't bother me too much but I can see why it bothers some people um, and it only doesn't bother me because I don't really need it, need the ports that much. Um, keyboard, obviously. Uh, otherwise, I think it's just the whole attitude I think Apple took towards that MacBook Pro in general, I think is, is probably the biggest reason why I'm just not lusting after it. And obviously, as knock-on effect, reputation, all that kind of stuff, they've just been plagued with problems. And I think they really just need to go back to the drawing board a bit. Um, to sort of really sort of <laughs> save the MacBook Pro and arguably the notebooks as general uh, as, a, as, a, as a rule. It's definitely had an impact on all of them for sure. I think this MacBook Pro was, I've said it before, it was the, the lowest point of Apple's Mac engineering. Um, this is, I think, the poor, they put all their bets on this Mac at the time. It was almost marketed as the Pro Mac. Uh, so before Mac Pro and before iMac Pro, you'd get one of these and connect it up to a display. And the poor reception, I think, sort of hit them really hard. And they're like, okay, we're doing something very wrong here. And you're right, it is the ultimate form over function. But it's not even a nice form. It's cold and uninviting. It's not quirky. Whereas the Mac Pro, the 2013 one, is a work of art. Whether it was the right bit of kit for, for the, the job, debatable. Um, but yeah, I think, for me, the things that I don't like about this Mac Pro is, A, is space grey everywhere. It's always space grey. Keyboards. It's alright to type on, not really a problem, but unreliable. Uh, USB-C, exactly like you, it's never been a problem for me. This machine should have more ports. The Mac Mini, the iMac Pro and iMac have proven that these ports still belong alongside USB-C. MacBook Air and MacBook don't need them. They're like iPad Pro, make them thin, make them portable, have one really versatile, one or two really versatile USB-C connectors on them. Great. But these MacBook Pros need to be thicker with more ports. It needs to bring back MagSafe. I want a MagSafe 3 connector really badly. I want the glowing Apple logo back as well. And I want a reliable keyboard. Fingers crossed the new one will have all of that. Oh, and Face ID would be nice as well. Yep. Um, but yeah. But yeah, we will, we will see. I think, I mean, the other thing that I briefly want to say is that... Uh, and the price. Yes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that as well. Um, is Is the fact that... I mean, not not in Apple's defense per se, but the MacBook Pro definitely sort of went... It, its consumer base isn't what it used to be. You know, everyone bought a MacBook Pro because, oh, apparently I need a MacBook Pro. Um, 
it became a lot more ah like if you if you were at a coffee shop you know looking around yeah macbook air is very popular but everyone had a macbook pro when everyone should have had a macbook air people People that need MacBook Pros have always needed MacBook Pros, if that makes sense. But I would say over the last five years and previous generation, more so than now. Um, but everyone would buy a MacBook Pro, even when they had absolutely no use for it. Um, and I think that sort of made Apple forget a little bit that, hold on, the uh, the Pro user is still still exists. And they still need, you know, all, all the features that we are essentially stripping out. Um, you know, the new MacBook Pros, all they are is just bigger MacBook Airs with, you know, there's no, you know, right, the whole design philosophy gone into it, you know, ports and things like that. USB-C is a wonderful port, but it's not, and it is incredibly versatile, but that's not what pro users want at the end of the day. That that port belongs in a ultra mobile device, like the MacBooks and the MacBook Air, not a MacBook Pro, which doesn't need to be as thin. It doesn't need to be as light because that's not what it's meant for, but it's kind of almost Apple decided that's what they were going to do with it. Um, which I think they, they've learnt their mistake, I would say, for sure. Um, it seems to be, we, I mean, I guess it's time will tell, but, you know, if the Mac Mini is anything to go by, I think that was a big um, uh, sort of a, a redemption Mac for them. Uh, you know, just just if you even you just look at the ports, you know, they put way more ports than I think anyone was expecting on the thing. Um, so they're going in the right direction, but we'll see. And the keyboard as well, I actually quite like typing on the third gen butterfly keyboard i think i've said it before um i like the feel i just don't like the reliability obviously i um yeah i'm thinking about redemption max now and uh the macbook air is a funny one isn't it because it's it's clearly a product of the 2016 macbook pro design aesthetic and mindset but in some ways it was a redemption mac i mean they brought back the didn't even bring it back they just finally updated and redesigned the most popular Mac. Um, the, MacBook Pro, the MacBook Air is a weird one because it's somewhat redeeming, but also still a bit of a problem. Uh, so, yeah, redemption Macs are a thing. Yeah, they are. Um, and I think, I would like to think at least that this new MacBook Pro, whatever form that takes, and hopefully if, obviously, we've only heard about 16, 17, if they launch with that size and then sort of, you know, following year or whatever, six months later, obviously bring out a smaller one, which we're assuming is what's going to happen. Um, then I, I would like to see sort of this form factor, you know, this uh, USB-C MacBooks, um, you know, the, the general design language, just stay with the MacBooks and the MacBook Pros go off on a bit of a tangent because the design language for these MacBook Pros works really well. Other than it perhaps being a bit cold, like you say, and uninviting. Other than that, it's a very nice design. Like it, MacBook, these new MacBook Pros in silver, they look really nice. I really, really like them, um, and they are just a very nice looking computer. You know, as as MacBooks and obviously all Apple stuff is. But it, and I and I think that this this MacBook Air is sort of continuing on that. But then they've realised that this design language isn't necessarily applicable to Pro users. But they're keeping it around because it's a good design language. It works well, just not for the MacBook Pro if that makes sense. So the MacBook Pro is another thing we will talk about a bit later on. Uh, God help us. Uh, but let's go on to some nano topics. So, Powerbeats Pro, another thing we spoke about in follow-up. It's a, it's a really meta day today. Um, yeah. I saw a point that uh, the presidents of Beats, 
basically uh, said in an interview, I believe, yeah, with TechRadar. The quote was, we thought we were pretty good until we got to Apple. And then we started learning what good really was. He admits between sips of green tea. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hang on, what? The president of Beats sips green tea. Very Californian, I guess. Yeah, 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 I, I sip. So what was Apple doing that Beats wasn't? Apple had so much incredible discipline and rigor around product quality, Wood says. And it's true, since uh, since uh, Apple came along, Beats have vastly improved in quality um, and releasing really innovative products as well. But these new Powerbeats Pro are sort of the the culmination of the full integration of Apple and Beats. So they've got the H1 chip out of the new AirPods, um, and it's the first time the Beats, obviously they have been wireless before the previous generation of wireless Beats, will use the W1 chip. Uh, but th- this feels different. This really feels like Apple putting their, the the sort of, this is Apple putting their tech into the product in in a way, put it this way, Powerbeats 3 would have been released regardless of whether Apple was around or not. They just had a fancy chip in them. They were a bit more Apple-like. If Apple and Beats had never merged, I doubt this product would have ever existed and uh, this is really seeing that marriage come together and i'm excited for what comes up comes up next from beats uh yeah i'm quietly very excited for these actually this is the first beats product that i've ever seriously thought about um i really like the idea of these uh and i was kind of talking to you about this the other day um my airpods which actually i can't find them at the moment they're at Holly's somewhere. I'm sure um, of it, but I have what? no idea where they are. Yep, for like four days now. Honestly, I'm starting to get concerned, but I'm sure they're there. I just haven't found them yet. Anyway, besides the point, um, assuming that my AirPods last until September time, which I'm sure they will do, and assuming, you know, uh, that, put it this way, these Gen 3 AirPods, which we'll also talk about later, um, we'll get onto those, when those come out, I'm getting them. There's no two ways about it. Whether I have bought new AirPods in the meantime, or whether I bought these in the meantime, I will be getting those those third-gen AirPods when they drop. Okay, so that, that aside, in the meantime, if I need to get new AirPods between now and then, if my batteries suddenly drop off the face of the planet, or I lose them, which I may have done, we'll see, um, this is now, I'm very much considering these these power beats for a couple of reasons one i think they look quite cool actually i like the look of them um two uh, i'm sure they'll sound a bit better that's kind of unimportant uh but i'm sure they will do uh three i like the physical volume buttons i like the buttons i like being able to address adjust the volume without needing to either use my watch or use my phone which are both fine but i just prefer having volume control um, and I hope that the third gen airpods have some sort of gestures make use of uh, you know um, Apple pencil like tech sliding up and down that'd be cool something like that um, I did have another one. Oh yeah the gym hopefully if I ever get off my lazy ass and like do the gym properly these would be good for that much better than my airpods they're I don't sweat like... resistant aren't they yeah they are um, I don't like wearing my airpods in the gym I do it because I don't have anything else to wear. They get gross so quickly. They do get gross really quickly. And it's always in the back of my mind that these AirPods are in no way sweat resistant. And I'm sure, you know, I've never had a problem, but it's always there. 
niggling in the back of my mind while I'm on the cross trainer, or while I'm doing some weights, whatever I'm doing, or whatever I'm pretending and lying to myself that I'm getting fit, that's always in the back of my mind. Um, and yeah, I think these, these power beats would be a serious consideration for me. And I think if I were, if I am, if I end up in the market for some new wireless headphones, I think I would choose these actually over, over the new AirPods, I think. I have to think, do some thinking, some proper thinking, um, but it would be a close call. Um, although I must admit, I don't know which color I'd go for. I'd go for the navy. Um, I'm. I suspect I might end up with a pair of these. I really am pledging to get back into gym. Uh, now that I'm working less, I really do want to make a habit of in the week going every day. Um, but these could be really, really helpful for that because I hate, I, like you, I do hate using my AirPods in the gym. Um, something interesting I thought further down that I've just seen, uh, when asked if a Beats product would ever add in biometric sensors mm. for heart rate monitoring, Wood said he doesn't think that will happen. Quote, we never want la- we never want to labor customers with a bunch of useless borderline... Uh, what's that word? That phrase that he's got there? Oh, avant-garde. What does that, what's that mean? Um, Is it like a excessive? No, sort or of ultra-cutting edge. Cutting edge to the point where okay. you're being edgy, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So if you describe avant-garde art, for example, it would be something that really challenges like your perception of art, that kind of stuff, but in a new fancy way. Okay. So they never want to labor customers with a bunch of border, uh, borderline avant-garde tech. He pointed out that many users already have smartwatches with this ability and having it in a headphone would be unnecessary. Not really interested in this from the Beats point of view, but do you think that's a reflection of Apple's future plans with AirPods? Because it is rumored that sooner or later the AirPods might get heart rate sensors. And I've always thought about that rumor, but they're on the watch. And I feel like Apple like to pretend that customers who own their products own all of their products. And would they really want those two things conflicting? I guess they could work in unison with each other and provide a more accurate reading, uh, in which case I can so see it happening. But... Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure, and I think that's quite an interesting insight into maybe what we going, maybe what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly certain we'll sort of never really see that from Beats, at least not for the time. You know, not 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 until that kind of stuff becomes commonplace. Obviously, headphones now. That tech already exists in headphones. Like, you've got the Bose Sports Pulse or whatever they're called, I think, something like that, um, which does have a level of heart uh, heart rate tracking in them. So it's not like Apple will be the first to do this. Um, but I must admit, I feel like if I were, <laughs> if that were in my AirPods, you, you would notice them. You know, I feel like it, it would draw away. There would, be, there would be a cost to having that in there. Maybe that would be battery life, um, something like that, or even price. And I don't think it has a place in truly wireless headphones. Like, AirPods aren't meant to be worn in the gym, particularly. Um, They aren't sort of marketed heavily as, you know, uh, sports headphones, you know, for working out and things like that. So I feel like it would be kind of an odd move unless they sort of went down a bit of a rebranding route. And I must admit, I would almost... Beats almost to me seems more, especially the power beats. They are heavily marketed as as to be used in the gym. It would make more sense, as far as I can see, for them to be in a power beats type product. Um, a, they're bigger, much bigger batteries, so you're not going to have that probably as such a detrimental impact on battery life. Um, these ones are more expensive already than AirPods, and uh, 
So were the Power Beats 3, uh, 20 pounds more, oh, sorry, 10 pounds more, one of the two, 10, 20 pounds more than the, than the original AirPods, and obviously now the ones with the wireless charging case. So I feel like this makes more sense in the Beats product, but we've just got the, uh, obviously the, the CEO of Beats here talking, that, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon, um, which is kind of odd for me, because I don't really see the point of having something like that in AirPods, at least not for the time being. Push the price up. You know, the, the product isn't marketed like that. It's kind of an odd one. What do you think? Uh, I, as, as I already said, I'm in two minds about it, and I've never quite understood the appeal. I don't know. You're, you're so right that the AirPods are never actually marketed. In their current form, are not marketed for gym users. Um, although they are shown in people's ears when they're running a lot. True, but, but you've got to remember that yeah, go all of that promo art. Then there is some on on the Apple website where you do have like uh, the, the Apple Watch advert where they're playing basketball. I think. Do you know the one I mean? Um, not the advert. The the bit of promo art, and I think they're both wearing AirPods while they're playing basketball. Now that isn't an AirPods ad. That is. You're right, as you were saying earlier. Apple definitely have this mindset that if you own one thing of theirs, you own everything of theirs. Um, and whenever I feel like whenever you do see AirPods in a in a fitness environment, it is because they work so well with your Apple Watch. If that makes sense, they just pair, they work immediately, and I feel like that's why they're there, not because of their own merit. You know, the Apple Watch is obviously an Uber fitness device, and AirPods work so well with that. So why wouldn't you use your AirPods with your Apple Watch? That's what you're doing there. You're using your AirPods with your Apple Watch. You're not working out with your AirPods in. If that makes sense, um, yeah. It's I saw one. a lady on the treadmill the other day going very fast uh, with her phone, her iPhone in like the sort of storage bin on the treadmill. Um, and she had wired earpods in her ears and she was flying her arms around as you do when you run very fast. I don't know how that phone survived that uh, that workout, uh, but her hands are perilously, perilously close to the phone and the wire. Um, I was just waiting for a disaster to happen. Uh, but that's why you wear AirPods to the gym, everybody. Yeah. I must admit, the last couple of days where I've had to take Levi out with some wired earpods, because A, I don't like wearing my QC35s on walks because my ears get sweaty. It's very annoying. Um, and B, I'd happen, I happen to have left them at Holly's anyway. Uh, so I was resigned to wired headphones, which I think is the first time I've used them properly in, since, well, since I've had my AirPods, so 18 months now. Uh, and it was weird. It was odd. I know I was speaking to you about this the other day. Um, the thing that they I noticed sound really the most... Bad. That's, what, yeah. that's what I always notice. Yeah, I mean, I was just listening to podcasts, so I didn't really pick it up that much. Um, they were very quiet. I did notice that. Um, but it was alright, because I had some volume controls, so I could just adjust it when I needed to. I did like that. That was very nice. However, the wires were awful, and I hate them. Honestly, they sucked. You move your head, and just they get caught on your jacket or your top, and they just tug ever so slightly. Or you're moving, and you they fall out of your ears. Oh, wires are the worst. It was very annoying. It was eye-opening. Um, yeah, it's been a while, and I don't like wires. Not at all. Okay, so we often say that if we moved to Samsung or Google or something like that, you wouldn't know where to go if you cracked your screen for an official repair. Um, I know that the answer is you send it to you send it. Is it is Czech Republic now, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, yes, officially, but they actually like to be referred to as Czechia themselves. So if you're ever talking to someone from Czech Republic, they, uh, they like Czechia. Yeah, um, I knew it was something like that, but I can never remember because there are like three names for it throughout the recent history. Czechoslovakia, ignore that. That was a while ago. We can lay that one to that, bed. That, that, was, that was some Soviet shit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That was like, no, but that's got some history to it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll stick to Czech Republic or Czechia. Anyway, that's where you send uh, your broken Google phone and wait for it to come back. So you can't just wander into a Google store. Well, you probably can in some places in the world, but they're not on every in every major town uh, like Apple, and it's, they certainly don't have the repair support network that Apple has. Um, so Apple, unsurprisingly, not just for uh, hardware repairs, but other things, they top uh, laptop mags tech support showdown list. Um, they really top it with a aggregate score of 91 points, 54 points for its web-based tech support and 37 points for its phone-based tech support. Um, they're very fast and knowledgeable and have accurate answers. Now, that's all well and good. Doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, this is what I love. Razer comes second. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Razer, they sort of make gaming accessories and gaming hardware. Uh, they expanded into sort of proper hardware a few years ago with the Razer Blade laptops um, and the Razer Blade Stealth. They make eGPU enclosures. They make um, they've rather well, made mice and keyboards for forever, um, but they also make a phone yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a phone now that I think they're on the second generation. Yes. Razer yeah. have eighty-eight points, which are te- which is ten points behind number three, which is Dell. Um, Fifteen points ahead of Samsung. And Asus is next on 69 points. Nice. Um, but yeah, Razer come very close, very close to Apple and completely destroyed the people you'd, you'd think be up there with Apple. Microsoft, for example, are way down in eighth place with 64 points. Um, yeah. Don't get me started on Microsoft support. Oof. This is interesting in so many ways that such a relatively small company because people have always described razor as sort of the apple of gaming in fact the razor blade laptops i many times mostly when i was at school considered replacing my macbook with one because it was just more appealing at the time i wanted to game i wanted a sexy design um i wanted USB-C and things like that i wanted a really high res screen it made a lot of sense at the time i never actually got around to it but i was very close and uh I like I like Razer's hardware a lot, despite never actually owning one of their products. Oh no, I had their their wristband thing, the the Nabu X, um, but I've never had any of their mice and keyboards or anything like that. I've I've wanted to, but I've always ended up with Corsair keyboards and Anchor mice and things like that. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the, this whole graph um, definitely uh, we you know everyone knows Apple's tech support is genuinely generally very good. Um, that isn't great surprise. I think it would have been a bigger surprise here if Apple weren't on the top. Um, but I think this really speaks volumes as to how good Razer's support seems to be across the board. And it is quite a big jump then down to third place, you know, a whole 10 points, you know, only three points between uh, Apple and Razer and a big 10 points between Razer and Dell. Um, so yeah, props to them. I agree. I, I've also never owned anything from them. Um I've never really been into PC gaming. I've always wanted to, but it's just never really happened. Um, uh, and yes, I th- I agree with you. It would they would certainly be you know if I was in the market for a gaming laptop, 
I would certainly, they would be one of my first choices. And I would definitely do a lot of research, but yeah. Uh, solid stuff, I would say. Um, their design language is nice and clean, which I like. Lots of gaming and lots of PC gaming stuff has got too many angles, you know? Like, you look at some of the stuff and it just looks like, I don't know, I can't describe it. it it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of a metaphor. What's a metaphor? It look, it's like the Honda Civic, you know? That's what it is. PC gaming stuff just all look like <laughs> new Honda Civics. Genuinely, and I hate There's it. There's chuck LEDs on everything. There's chuck LEDs. We'll make some, put some triangles um, and some angular edges, and it will have some weird proportions. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And then you've either got yourself a Honda Civic or a gaming PC. Basically the same thing. Um, very cool. Kinda, I guess, if if you're going for that, but it's only if you're going for it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I went on a bit of a tangent there. PC gaming, eh? PC gaming. Um, I feel like the route that I would ever get into to quote unquote computer gaming would just be boot camping on a Mac. I can't be bothered to like build a PC. I want to, but I also really don't want to use Windows any more than I have to. Um, obviously, I'd have to boot camping on a Mac, but I, I don't know. For some reason, that feels less of an anathema to me than like owning a dedicated Windows PC. I don't really want to have to do that. You see, what's happening to me is become for me is is becoming quite clear. The reason I like always liked PC gaming was having that box that I could play with and customize and buy new bits for. That was what I always liked, and having the multiple displays and things like that, obviously something you can do on a Mac, but with an iMac you're sort of more inclined to just have the single display. And I loved the graphics, obviously. Now, what I didn't like was using and maintaining Windows, using two OSs when I jumped from my Mac to my PC. Um, I hated all the nonsense that comes with PC gaming, like, why is my FPS so low when I have a really good graphics card and a really good CPU and my fans are on Macs, what is going on, and the game's on an SSD? And I don't miss that at all. Now, my Xbox One X, the graphical quality is better than my PC. Now, it's not going to be better than a modern PC. My PC is three and a half years old. But it's still better than anything I ever knew from the PC. So I'm not missing out on anything that I know of. But obviously, you could get far superior graphics. But these are more than good enough for me. Now, the other side of gaming I like is the more indie gaming, like on Nintendo Switch, where it's not about graphical quality, it's about the sort of joy of gaming, and to some extent, iOS gaming. Now, I'm very excited for Apple Arcade as a result of that. So the way it's going to end up for me, which I'm quite happy with, I hope, is I'm going to have a Mac Pro that I can sort of tinker with to some extent. I'm going to be able to play Apple Arcade games on that. And then I'm going to play really high quality AAA games on my Xbox One X without having to worry about drivers and f frame rate drops and nonsense like that. So I'm quite happy when it comes to gaming and I can't see myself getting back into PC gaming anytime soon. It's something I did enjoy as a hobby in a whole, uh, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not coming back to it anytime soon, I don't think. I love how that essentially that boils down to you having an incredibly powerful Mac Pro and you're going to be playing arcade games, indie games on it. <laughs> I love that. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. Uh, I must admit, I've 
the reason for me wanting to do PC gaming is a little different. I there are games that I want to play which are only available on that platform. If that makes sense, like I'm a big Total War fan, um, and I really like playing those games, and they just don't exist on like, consoles. Like you have to have a computer of some kind. Um, well, in which case you can play it on a Mac with bootcamp. Exactly. Or I could just not do that and just suffer and just play it native on a Mac, uh, which is what I have done in the past. That's what I've been doing the last couple of years. If I want to play a game, I will just have the Mac OS version, which is worse in every way. But it means I have to worry about Windows. Um, and I feel like, because I've been thinking a lot recently about what I'm going to do about Macs when I move out, because this iMac isn't probably isn't going to come with me. Um, so I need to get a Mac of some kind because my MacBook Pro won't cut it by then. Um, and so I will be in the market for a for a powerful Mac in, like, next two years, which is good for me by the looks of it. Um, good time to buy. Uh, and I, had a vi- I, I envisioned myself um, just sort of suffering with games on macOS because I, um, I envisioned that machine being powerful enough to sort of sort of off-put some of the issues that you get by having, obviously, games that uh, obviously that aren't built for macOS that just ported over. Um, and hopefully just the ludicrous amount of power that my Mac will have will just sort of offset the problems that I have because um, I'm lazy and I don't want to mess around with drivers. Drive Drivers, to me, sound like a nightmare and I don't want to deal with them at all. Drivers be damned. You know what would be a really good, really good value? Mac. What's that? That I've never, I've never even considered because I just wouldn't. But it is a good package, a fully maxed out twenty-one and a half inch iMac. I'm looking at yeah. it now. They've gotten quietly respectable. Six core i7, thirty-two gig of RAM, the top spec graphics card, and a one terabyte SSD is just over three thousand pound. That's really not that bad. And if you don't need the SSD, like most people don't, you can get it for under three thousand pound a real beast of a machine and will fit in pretty much any space, any desk space because lots of people can't fit the 27. Yeah, that's the thing though. I, I, I would miss the 27, so not not an option oh, for yeah. me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 21.5 just seems so, 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 so small. They're really small. It is. It's They're crazy. Really small. It's like when people at work come in and say, oh, I don't want that huge one. I always say to them, look, it'll look a lot smaller when you get it home. Yeah, honestly. 21 inches. Uh, I'm looking at one right now. On the, this, this is We are both podcasting on a 27-inch iMac right now. And I'm sure for you, like it is for me, it's just in my corner. It doesn't feel big at all. Well, it doesn't feel very big. And right next to it, I've got a 21.5-inch iMac, which looks absolutely tiny. They do look diddy. That's the only word for it. Oh, man. The amount of times I've wanted to swap... Th- these iMacs for the Retina display on that 21 and a half inch. I kind of forget it's there because I don't want to think about the fact that there is a Retina iMac next to me. Yeah. It has been for nearly two years and I've <laughs> never used it. Yeah. But it's the non-fusion drive model and it just would not happen. That thing is really, really slow. But there is a imagine. Retina iMac next to me. <laughs> it's really weird. I still sort of forget it's there. Yeah, people keep coming in recently. Recently, I feel like people have been asking about the difference between HDDs and Fusion Drives and SSDs more and more. Um, And it's just such a struggle to sort of... How do I get across to this person that this... They still don't listen. But they do. But I, 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 on the on the one hand, I'm worried that like, hold on, are they really gonna care that much? Sometimes I'm like, am I just making a big deal out of nothing? You know, I mean, it, it, that's what they seem to think. But it is, it is so 
different. These things are near on unusable. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Even my dad, who is like a snail sometimes when closing apps and stuff. I mean, he's a, probably a lot faster at using a Mac than most of those people. But he's still really slow. And he will say, why is this thing so slow? And it's a shame because the computer is great otherwise. Honestly, when I get a little bit more brave, I might do a Stephen Hackett and put an SSD in there for him. Because there's no warranty left on it. He'd upgrade sooner or later anyway. It might be worth a shout. I would say so. I'd say so, for sure. Because it's a good computer. It's really good. For him, it will last years. It's just that hard drive. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, obviously, I'd never do it. And I don't like that this Mac has a Fusion Drive in. I just want SSD, really. Um, but it, it's fine. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, man. I really want a. I really want an SSD an SSD iMac. Um, well, no, what I actually need to do, like actually need to do, is put more than 8 gigs of RAM in this thing. Desperately needs it. Needs 16. It really does. Yep. Um, when I came back to my iMac after my trip, uh, it was the slowest thing imaginable. <laughs> it, I really thought we had issues here. Um, and there'd been an update pending for a while as well that I hadn't, because I like to keep all my windows organized. Um I, I've been putting off 10, 14, 4 for ages. And I checked my uptime and it was on like 29 days or something. I'm like, why is it so slow? Oh, it's at like 90% RAM usage for no apparent reason. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking about going to 32, have been for a while. Um, put it this way, if we if we get concrete evidence, so either an actual release date or some really strong evidence that the Mac Pro isn't shipping this year and it'll be next year, I will buy 32 gig of RAM. That's basically what I'm holding out for. But any, anyway, I thought, okay, I'll reboot it. So I went to do the update. I thought, well, if I'm rebooting it, I might as well get this update done. Come back into the room after about 10 minutes to check on how, how it's doing. It's just sort of on a like black screen with a spinning wheel. I'm like, huh, must be midway through rebooting. Came back like 20 minutes later, it was still doing that. <laughs> Came back half an hour later, it was still doing oh, that. Oh, dear. And I watched it for a bit. I'm like, okay, this isn't, this isn't a thing. This is stuck. And I sort of was toying with do, how long do I leave it before I shut it down mid-update. Um, <laughs> and then I, I came to the conclusion that this looked like it was just the the initial shutdown after clicking update. Yeah. I don't think it had begun the update. That's what it looked like. It was the shutdown animation. Oh, okay. It was stuck shutting down. Um, and from experience, I don't know if any of your Macs do this, but my MacBook Pro and only my MacBook Pro, every time, ever since I've owned it, every time it does an update, it shuts down but then doesn't reboot on its own. It, it completely shuts down when I click update, and then I have to press the power button, and then it will wake up and start the update. Oh, really? So from that experience, yep, every time, every time. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I must have, none of mine have ever done that. I don't know if it's a setting or something, or I don't know what it could be, but it does it every time. That's really strange. So from that experience, I thought, Okay, this is like it's struggling to reboot after the initial shutdown command. So I held the power button, and I turned it back on, and it came back on with the fat progress bar. Ooh. Now, my understanding was yep. that is when it does a firmware update. That's how I've always understood that. Yep. That means it's doing a firmware update. I looked it up. Someone said it was a disk rebuild, which really made me shit myself oh. um, after I'd shut it down mid-update. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I have a Time Machine disk connected up so i knew that if all else failed an erase and reinstall would be in order but oh man don't want to do that it's just not something you want to have to deal with really is it 
not something I want to do on my primary machine with lots of very important data on. I know, like, we do arrays and reinstalls every day, but I don't want to do it on mine. I just don't want to. What if the time machine backup's corrupt? What if it takes me months to tidy things back into place? Like, it never happens, but it could. It has happened. I've seen <laughs> it happen very rarely, but, oh my god, I don't know what I do. I need to start getting a double backup. I need to sort that out. I was thinking about it the other day. I really want an off-site backup, whether that's an encrypted hard drive left at my grandma's or something, or um, back. I'd like to use Backblaze, but we're talking terabytes of data here. Yeah, um, I don't know how expensive Backblaze gets and how quickly. It's not the price; it's the the speed. Even on my really fast internet, I right. tried it once on my MacBook Pro because that's that's only a two fifty six SSD, and it was telling me like days to do the initial backup. Oh God. And I played with the settings, and like there's a bandwidth setting. I just couldn't get it to back up quickly. I'm like, okay, I'm sure obviously after the initial it's yeah, fine. I'm sure. But on a near on three terabyte full disk, this is going to be a problem. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm waiting for iCloud backup for Mac. I mean, it would take a while, and assume, but assuming everything's fine, then beyond that, I mean, you don't add much new data to it regularly apart from these podcasts i guess uh surely you'd be all right once you've done the initial one it would just take an age to do that not that i would necessarily want to actually put three terabytes of data through uh <laughs> through 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 my internet without having any issues at all now i've got more time on my hands i am very much going to have a sit down day and sort out why my imac is so full because for years it was only about half full so i always had about 1.7 terabytes remaining what do you even have on there this is the point something's wrong simple as because it slowly creeps down and let's see what i've got at the moment um 161 gig available and i haven't really added that much uh over the court like no something's wrong simple as mm. um i i did discover at some point some final cut all the final cut footage i've ever deleted seems to still be on the hard drive somewhere right I need to go digging for okay. that okay okay that yeah um, i can see I that i found it using disk inventory x um but yeah something's very wrong because i always i think i should have about half this hard drive free maybe a bit that i should have about one terabyte free i'd imagine now because about a year to 18 months ago i was hovering around uh 15 uh 1.5 mm. so see itunes takes up 734 gig documents take up 700 1.47 terabytes of system oh right yeah i mm. <laughs> okay yeah okay okay let's uh let's back out of this <laughs> nano topic we've sunk into oh my gosh uh and let's go through an actual topic i mean i'm i'm looking at my breakdown quite interesting uh go for it i've got 100 gigs of applications um a couple of those got some big total war games in here so that's why uh which i must admit i haven't touched in a while uh i've got few backups on here mainly of when i've done betas and stuff which i've obviously not gotten rid of um i've got 50 gigs of itunes files uh, I got some download, a couple downloaded movies, and the rest is music. Uh, photos is a big one because I keep them on here and back them up that way to Time Machine. Um, so download, keep originals, and do it that way. That is a hundred and ten gigs. Um, and other users, so obviously this is technically a shared iMac, and the other users take up fifty gigs. 
So all in all, I've got around 450 gigs on here, which I'm, I could do some tidying, but it's a terabyte fusion drive, so I've got enough time to play with that, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm all right. What is more concerning is that my backup disk is quite large. <laughs> I've got, wow, I've got 650 gigabytes of backup on this on this hard drive. You ready? Yeah. You ready for this? Go for it. I have 3.89 terabytes <laughs> of backup. Ooh, oh dear. <laughs> yep. How? Oh no. Oh no. How much of that is just like, as you said, like a lost Final Cut products that have just never been deleted and are just backing up ad infinitum? Probably quite a bit because when this, this all started happening, yeah, when this all started happening, I was noticing hourly backups of like 70 gig when i hadn't changed anything (laughs) now you understand why when i finally get a new desktop mac i am making the effort to set it up as a new mac it would just it's so scary the thought of it but this only happens on average every i'd say nearly 10 years that's gonna be i'm not gonna be lazy here (laughs) i'm not gonna be lazy it's gotta be done it's gotta be done i don't as i've said before this thing shipped with when it arrived in my house it was running mountain lion that's crazy mountain lion had just come out no no it was summer afterwards um so think of all the all the updates that's been piled onto it it's uh yeah yeah crazy stuff this thing's so old like in 2009 if you if you were using a 2002 computer you were like, wow, that thing's old. This is this is not right. But I blame Apple. I'm ready to buy a new one. I'm not hanging on. <laughs> this thing will go as soon as as soon as I can get rid of it. Well, I mean, you are hanging on for them to bring out a new one that you want. There is other Macs you could buy now, which would like resolve all of your problems. You just don't want any of them. The only one I'd buy right now is the 2019 iMac. It's the only one that's safe. Really? Yeah. I'd probably buy a Mac Mini, I think. It's just not in my contender as this as this replacement Mac. It's stopgap worthy. I get you. But I'm trying to avoid that. But my contender for replacing this Mac is either top-spec iMac, low-spec iMac Pro, not bottom, but re- really low, probably just a couple of things ticked, um, or a beautifully, nicely configured Mac Pro. Put it this way, I'm willing to spend more on CTO options on a Mac Pro than an iMac Pro. Makes sense. Like, I will make that thing how I want it. Whereas the iMac Pro, I'll be like, okay, I don't really need that, so I'm not going to splash out. But I've never had a Mac Pro. I've always wanted one. And this time, I've I've set my sights on it, unless it turns out to be a disaster. Um, and I'm going to make, make it how I want it. And I'm really excited, because hopefully it'll be the sort of case of, well, I might not buy RAM now, because I can just open it and put more in, and things like that. Um, I'm excited. Okay, let's talk about MacBook Pros again. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Luckily, this is probably going to be quite quick because we don't need to go off on a tangent about what we think about the MacBook Pro because we already did that this week. Um, so we can just I've got talk more about to say if you want to do it itself. again. I don't mind. Shh. Take two. You, you, have a long t- you have a long time to talk about these MacBook Pros. <laughs> so it's not actually about MacBook Pros. It's about all Mac notebooks as far as I can tell. Um, keyboard repairs are not only free under the REP launch last summer, uh, they are now prioritized when next day turnaround time. Uh, so if you get a little bit of dust on your keyboard, uh, they will fix it next day for free, providing there's nothing outside the terms of the REP. Um, this is another sign, Apple straight up saying, yeah, this product, or 
this component of the product is flawed. Uh, we are going to sort it out for you if you encounter an issue uh, that's a result of our poor design and uh, we will sort it out for you. So with as minimal damage to your work as possible uh, because we want it back in your hands with a fixed keyboard. Uh, I feel for Mac technicians right now and uh, yeah. they they want to bring out a new model like we said earlier. This is they're trying, They're doing everything they can to sort of put plasters on this, sorry, band-aids on this model. Um, but yeah, this is just another step in that direction. Uh, it's at the end of the day they're not they 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 must be itching for a redesign you know you you can't prioritize next day repairs for a product for a current product and recognize it's this much of a problem and not do anything serious to address it you know putting little plastic condoms over clearly hasn't worked that was nowhere near serious enough they need to really change it now apple's persistent rhetoric of this has affected a few customers a small number of customers is straight up bullshit because we don't deal with that many owners of these products in the grand scheme of things compared to the numbers that are out there but we see it all the time and as i've said before it's not just people coming to us with that issue it's people coming for something completely different you go to use their mac they probably haven't noticed but one of their keys is very stuck this is so widespread it's unbelievable and the fact apple launched an rep for a product that's on sale today and then launched a product with the same faulty keyboard a few months later, and now are doing this. They're, it's not even like they've set up a a new system for this. They've literally said to Apple stores, "You do this on site until further notice." Uh, whereas most Mac repairs are shipped off. Um, so yeah, this is this is so widespread. It's unbelievable. I think I, I'd love to see the numbers, but I'd imagine they are incredibly high. Yeah, same. I I would love to. Uh, and and you're right. I think a reason why they're not as high and and yeah, just just to reiterate, they're not as high as they can be because so many people don't even realize. You know, as you said, it's so common that uh, you do go to use someone's someone's Mac. You know, for an entirely unrelated issue, and you're you, you know you're tapping the key and you're subtly realizing that yeah yeah this key doesn't feel right. There's a problem here. This will get worse. You know. Um, and it, I would say, easily seven out of ten of these, if not more, I would say that I that I use have issues or are going to have issues, you know. Um, but I think it's very clever, you know. At the bottom of this article, Apple are, you know, the, the quote that um, that uh, Apple issued to in response to the Joanna Stern, that wonderful article that she wrote um, for the Wall Street Journal with the. With the um, toggling on the missing, I think I forget the the exact letters. Anyway, that wonderful article yeah, uh, Apple like did R and S or something, yeah, something like that. Um, Apple did issue an apology, and it does say that. Uh, well, I'll read it out for you. It says uh, we are aware that a small number of users are having issues with their third generation butterfly keyboard, and for that we are sorry. The vast majority of Mac notebook customers are having a positive experience with the new keyboard. Now, notice obviously they are only talking specifically about the third gen one here. Um, and in our experience, you know, we've talked about this before, the, th the third gen ones are better. They are better. They, it hasn't solved the problem, but they are better. And again, I would love to see the numbers. I would love to see how much better they are. Um, but obviously all Apple are actually talking about here is the third gen ones. You know, they are just saying that the vast majority of Mac notebook customers are having a positive experience with the new keyboard, the third gen one. So obviously... They aren't acknowledging or even, you know, uh, talking about the the second gen ones or the first gen ones. They were both awful. These are, you know, as I said, they're a bit better. Clearly, the 
the underlying issue here is just is just the design of the key. So the butterfly mechanism is just uh, is not isn't robust enough, um, and you can put as much plastic around the keys to stop um, debris getting in there. Debris will get in there, and the mechanism will break at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just to sort of reiterate that it's very you know PR language they're using here. They're just sort of acknowledging there is a there is an issue with the new ones, but overall they are saying that the new ones are better, which I'm sure is the case. But that's not the whole story here at all. I think. Well, from what I've heard, an Apple product, generally, a major new product, takes about two years minimum to design, more preferably. Yeah. But I've yeah. heard that they, like the Apple Watch was done in about two and a half years um, from start to finish. Um, so to me, a 2019 launch for a replacement Mac is feasible, depending on the the internal view in Apple. I would um, say so. But yeah. everything's pointing that, pointing that way, like they did the third gen with the covers, uh, they did the REP, and now this, it's like they're doing whatever they can to sort of fix it until they can have this product out. The whole approach is damage control, which is fair enough. What else can they do at the moment? So, AirPods. We received new ones recently. Felt like an incredibly small update, um, but a welcome one nonetheless. Sounds We heard at the time that it sounded like the AirPods third generation have been pushed back to 2020. Uh, Ming-Chi Kuo? Uh, was it Ming-Chi Kuo? Yes, well, sort of. Digitimes reckon noise cancellation, noise cancelling third generation AirPods will ship in time for holiday 2019. Uh, Ming Chi Kuo somewhat agrees. He says late 19 to early 2020, but he also brings back the idea of a whole new design model alongside these new ones. So maybe AirPods Pro. Uh, it sounds like the AirPods are going to get frequent minor updates so probably an h2 chip maybe noise cancellation and then alongside these more minor updates will be a pro version of the third gen with a new design maybe heart rate sensors things like that sounds like there will be new airpods this year i wouldn't mind betting there will be a minor update before the end of this year um whether it'll be a new design or what i'm not sure but i i could see airpods getting frequent minor updates due to their popularity um, but big, big updates coming ever so often. What do you think? Yeah, it's a difficult one. It really is. And th- this whole thing would have been a lot smoother if uh, air power had gone to plan, you know? Um, Sorry, what? 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 Obviously, uh, I think I think Gurm, Mark Gurman was the first one to point out the roadmap that we might see some new AirPods later this year. Um, I think it was from him that sort of this all stuff uh, um, come from. Um, it makes sense, I think. And obviously, you know, AirPods Pro forward slash HeadPods, if they're if that could be what AirPods Pro is, we don't obviously really know. It wouldn't surprise me that uh, there are sort of a, a subtle redesign to AirPods Um at the end of the year, and then HeadPods or AirPods Pro, uh, if that is that, if that, if they are the same product, um, maybe come as I said early twenty twenty, according to Ming Chi Kuo, uh, and that sort of be the the redesign isn't really a redesign; it's a totally different product. They are over ear headphones with noise cancellation. Whether the in ear ones, it seems quite heavily talked about that those will have some some you know just what we know today as AirPods that they will have some form of noise cancellation at some point. Uh, that would be very cool. 
very battery intensive. I don't know how that would work, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Anything's possible, uh, apart from air power. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I would say that they're pro I can certainly see them being some updates before the end of the year. I don't really see the benefits in sort of these minor chip upgrades every year. You know, they haven't really done anything with AirPods over the last two years. You know, they're, they are the, they're functionally the same product. They have Hey Siri support now, and that's about it. Um, yes, I'm sure that did need, obviously, a, a better chip, the H1 chip. Um, but other than that... What other benefits are we really getting from from you know uh, this chip upgrade? You know, uh, yeah, a little bit better talk time, stuff like that, uh, faster pairing time. But that seems to have kind of been addressed a little bit with a firmware update anyway. Um, you know, apart from these pretty minor spec bumps, what really is the point of them needing to update them? You know, every year or you know slightly longer than that. I think they they have the potential to have a lot longer of a lifespan. You know, um, so I'd be I would be surprised if they did sort of move to a relatively regular upgrade cycle because I don't really see the point in that. Um, you know, I say new ones every two years is fine because that's when their batteries and these things tend to die. You know, um, I think that would be a good time span. Every two years, bring out some new ones. Fine for the people that, you know, got the old ones when they came out because then that's time for them to upgrade anyway because they need new batteries more than anything. Uh, and a good jumping on point. I don't really see the necessity for sort of a... A, a yearly upgrade cycle but who knows you should have seen my dad when he uh, bought his new phone at the apple store yeah. in america um it was the day all this news broke and i'd already told him about it and the girl that was serving him was like uh, holding onto a ton of airpods on the little tables they have and he's like oh are you the keeper of the airpods she's like yep i'm the gatekeeper of the airpods and he's like you know there are new ones coming out soon she's like these are the new ones and then he's like no no new ones again really soon and she's like, oh, well, the last ones took two years to get an update, so I doubt it. He's like, nope, nope, there are going to be noise-canceling ones. And I'm just standing there like, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine your dad doing that? Like, I, I had no idea what to do in that situation. Um, I just watched. And the, the person from back of house was taking a very long time to bring out the phone, so it just sort of went on and on, and I'm just like... Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't know whether to stop him or what. <laughs> I was somewhat proud, but really uncomfortable as well. Oh, it was cool. It was like um, yesterday or the day before, whenever it was, that Georgia was in. Uh, someone came in and was like, are these the new Power Beats? And Georgia was like, no. I mean, so, oh, but there are new ones. And she's like, no. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, there are new ones coming, Power Beats Pro. Um, and she was taken back. Like, oh my God, there are new ones? Um, yeah, yeah, they're coming. Um, ben, he's he's the first one that actually dude came in uh, and and asked him. I wasn't expecting that, uh, but I he also couldn't tell the difference. He thought the PowerBeats three were the new ones, which surprises me. How would you know that there are new ones, but then mistake them for the old ones because they're quite different? That's kind of the point. This kind of thing happens all the time. It really baffles me. And I feel like if if you know that new PowerBeats are coming out. You probably know enough to be able to identify them visually. That's what I'm saying. Like, they look very different. There's no wire. That's the point. There's no wire. But it's not It's not even that. It's like, I mean, they're not crazy different. But if you're like a nerd enough to, or like following the product enough to know that there are new ones coming out, you'd be able to straight away tell the difference. Yeah. If you know a product is coming out that isn't out yet, you know what it looks like. You know, you've done enough research at the end of the day, to be able to tell the difference from the old one. People are very weird. They are, aren't they? People are very weird. People like to do 
such minimal research and then assume that they're like resident experts. It's really odd. Very, very strange. Very strange. Then go talk to someone in a shop because they think they're better than people in a shop. Okay, cool. Uh, The Galaxy Fold, it is breaking. As we said, it has been delayed. I fixed it, did a teardown um, and explained why it is breaking. Have you been have you been well versed in this? I have been. I've been keeping up to date on this whole Galaxy Fold situation. I find it very interesting. Me too. I feel like you're probably going to put it into words better than me though, because all I'm going to say is 7mm gap that shouldn't be there. <laughs> My understanding is that Samsung have been trying to pull this teardown as well. Uh they have done sort of. It's it's a weird one. Um uh, yeah, okay. So basically in this teardown, um a th- a an anonymous third party gave a device, uh, obviously a review unit to iFixit to teardown. Not specific not particularly noteworthy there, that kind of stuff happens. iFixit have their have their people. Um and the teardown showed a few things, obviously as any teardown does. Um I think it, it did actually show sort of the uh, um, it sort of reiterated the theme that we've been getting from everyone, uh, all the reviews out there, even Dieter Bond's post-breaking one, the one that he did uh, you know, on the actual product, uh, ignoring the fact that his first review unit broke. Um, all the things we've been hearing are pretty similar, is that it's surprisingly good. Apart from reliability, everything like that, if you ignore all the, the screen protector stuff as well, people like it. Uh, it's less Gen 1 than everyone thought it was going to be. Reliability aside again. It looks really cool. It does I look really, really want cool. to use I've one been, a lot. Yeah, I must admit, I, it wasn't something when they when it was launched, when it was, oh, sorry, not launched, when it was announced, and uh, it, it, I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, but I must admit, I am. I find myself being more and more intrigued by it as a, as a concept. Not necessarily the fold, but the idea of, the, it is very intriguing to me. Um, and I must admit, I like it a lot. Yeah, the idea of an iOS device doing this makes me very excited. Like, I'd love to see an iOS device doing this. It does. It does. It does. And there are parts of... Um, well, well, we'll talk about this all at another time, um, or later on. But going back to the, the teardown again, it sort of... It talked about this, um, and that Samsung have put a lot and lot of work into getting this folding screen to work, obviously. <laughs> it needs to work. Um, now, obviously, it is an OLED panel, which is sort of part of the problem here. Um, OLED panels are very delicate, more so than your typical LCD or even your standard LED panel. They are very... Well, they're very delicate at the end of the day. The way they're made, what they consist of, doesn't take a lot, which is why they were all breaking when people were putting the screen protectors off, is, or the quote-unquote screen protector, um, is that just the force of pulling that off the screen was breaking them, actually. Um, and again, because obviously they're plastic as well, less rigidity there, kind of a bit of a nightmare in a, in a, in a, in a metallic box there. Um, now, because obviously this device folds there needs to be room to allow for the hinge. Uh, now, this is what you're talking about. There is um, a small gap around 7 millimeters near the hinge um, that obviously allows for this phone to fold in half. Now, that kind of has to be there <laughs> purely because physics and the way things fold. Um, it is there actually on the uh, Huawei Mate X. I think it, they are calling it the X, right? Not the 10. I'm assuming it's an X. As far as I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. I don't... Yeah. Um, it, there is one there as well. However, 
there is a bit of plastic on the hinge on the uh, on the Huawei Mate X, at least the ones that we've you know that we've seen, which is sort of covering up that little hole there. Because obviously, although it's a foldable screen, the screen's on the outside and it folds back on itself rather than in on itself. Um, but that they you know that will be an issue that Huawei will have to deal with as well. Um, but they do have that little bit of rubber there, which hopefully should stop things getting in. Now, functionally, what this means is that there is a seven millimeter hole in your in 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 this phone which stuff can get in now what people what we were what we've assumed that's happened to Dita bonds and we don't know yet because samsung haven't said uh is that there is the debris has gotten in under the oled panel which was causing the bump and now that relatively small bump got worse broke the screen more and more because it's no OLED panel and so sort of intrinsically delicate things like this can be are a really big deal much bigger than it would be if it were you know um a, a, an led display but you can't fold those so it's got to be an oled um now that's an issue like obviously at the end of the day and the thing that really gets me with all of this is that if you're gonna have a hole in your in your phone, fine. But you know they, uh, Samsung were really talking about how how you know how many times they've tested this. They have folded this device. What was it two hundred thousand times? I think I remember saying that you know in their labs. At the end of the day, if if they haven't taken this outside, like they've clearly been testing this thing in in a hermetically sealed room. You know it doesn't take a lot to get a bit of dust. You know these 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 units lasted two days. You know in the hands of just reviewers and you know I'm I'm Dieter Bond. There was some, some talk about him putting like some clay in it and things like that um, and blasting it. I think that may have sort of contributed to the issue as part of their review process. So we'll test the durability. But if it's a it, if it was being subjected to a durability test, it failed. That's the bottom line here. It failed the durability test, regardless of whether it was an intentional test that, you know, they were trying to see how well it stood up. That is kind of irrelevant at the end of the day. It failed the durability test. They, you know, uh, the whole screen went, it died. Um, and uh, it's it's really bad for Samsung. It is this, bad. They were really proud of them for themselves for doing this new tech. And it's just highlighted that they rushed. They did. The thing that really gets me about all of this is that they were days away from release before they pushed these back. Days and days away from release. And that there's kind of there's there's two there's two things here. They've obviously they've delayed um what's the word? Uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um indefinitely delayed the release. They're, they haven't given a time span here. All they have said to the people that have pre ordered these devices is that Wait two weeks. We will we will get in contact with you and give you an update as to what's going on. At the moment, we know nothing. This phone might never see the light of day again. I'm sure that's not the case, but it's clearly they're going to have to do something with it. There's going to be some major redesign. And if you are ready to ship a phone in in matter of days time, how many units do you think they've got sitting in warehouses? This is a colossal fuck up. <laughs> like you're going to have to edit that out. But it is at the end of the day. And it makes me kind of really sad. It's a very good point. Something I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, let's go redesign this. There are many of these ready to go. Right. They are they are ready to go. They, they you know, five days before release, like before they go up for order, 
some of them are, you know, probably not that far away from being on their way to UPS for delivery, you know? Like, that's the thing without this. The time span. The time span is what really interests me. And there's no way that a product, no matter how bad you are at testing something, um, there is no way that a product gets this close to being launched with a fundamental fall, this bad, that no one along the way was like, we've got an issue here. And I think... Um, Mike Hurley on Connected sort of compared this quite well. Was it Mike? Was it? I can't remember. Uh, quite well to sort of to Apple and AirPower. These are products that are. That I would assume you know we're taking a few liberties here. Let's say ninety percent ready. You know, uh, let's you know we've talked about spoken about this before that we assume that it was that uh, AirPower was probably pretty ready. You know, there was a couple of issues with it probably that meant they just couldn't ship and they had a cutoff date that if they couldn't get it done. It's not coming out, you know, and they pulled the plug on it before, you know, it, earlier on in sort of the the, the launch cycle than obviously uh, than Samsung have done because they haven't really pulled the plug. They've just been like, sorry, hold on, hold that thought. We'll be back probably. And the only reason, and this is sort of brings brings us all back to them taking down this teardown as well. If the only reason that they want that teardown, the only thing I can think of is that they are clearly redesigning this product in some shape or form um whether how extensive that will be will only time will tell because there's no reason why you would take ask uh the third party um that had the review unit to get in contact with i fix it and take it down um unless you are doing something major and at the end of the day they don't want a a uh a tear down of a device that is never going to ship you know, um, there will probably be some major differences, and you're not you don't want to tear down of a device that is the same thing, but it's not because it's been redesigned since then. You know, um, and that's the only real logical reason I can think as to why they'd want that down, because otherwise, you know, iFixit are under no legal obligation to remove that um, that tear down. They haven't done anything wrong. They were given a device by a third party who probably signed an NDA or something like that, but he and he's the one that's in hot water or that that third party. It may not be a he, could be, you know, a supplier or something like that. Could be a, an entity rather than a than a person. Um or a she, I should say. Um uh, they are probably the ones in hot water, not really iFixit here. And iFixit seem to be doing that entity, that third party a favour. They've said that they have worked with them previously and they probably want to stay on good terms with them. Um, so they, they have taken it down as of now. Uh, however, it's pointless because like web archives exist and if you want to find that review, you can go find it. You know, it's not difficult at all. It's still everywhere. It's just not live on iFixit's website Still on Mac rumors. <laughs> Precisely. Like it's still absolutely everywhere. Um, but it, it's really interesting. And I think, again, the thing for me that is so interesting about this is that how close they were to launch, you know, how ready they thought, or at least how ready they'd kidded themselves this product was. But like, again, they can't have been testing these things in hermetically sealed labs. Like, they, they should have done some more groundwork here. And I don't want to say it's typical Samsung, because I really wanted them to get this right. And I really wanted it to be better than it is, because I'm really intrigued by it. And I really want to use one. I thought we were past this with Samsung. Yeah. I it's... thought after the Note 7, it was, and it's improvement in hardware beginning around the same sort of time as the Note 7. It was a little bit, it was about a year and a half before yeah. the S6 came out and got prettier. It did. I thought we it would did. be on those days, but they they rushed this one out. They, they did. really did. Um, I'm interested to see how the Mate X performs. That's, that's, that's the big thing here. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we hear 
that that's going to be delayed by a couple of months. It really wouldn't surprise me. Now, Huawei are in the situation where they can now be the first to ship. That very well may happen now, uh, is that um, is that this Galaxy Fold does take a little bit of time, and it's very possible that Huawei will now have the first folding phone on the market, even though, you know, everyone thought that, that it would be, you know, it'd be second by a couple of months. Um, but that might not happen now. It might be that... Uh, we um the the Mate X is the one that sort of leads the way. Uh, now it's going about it in a very different way, but I must admit, if anything, this concern this does raise more concerns for the the Mate X. It kind of shows us that this technology isn't quite here yet. You know, it's not as as no, as here really. yet as as we hoped it would be. Um, but the problem we is, we told them that we should go work for them. Yeah, right. Um, the problem is, is that if this this OLED screen, these OLED screens are clearly very delicate. OLED screens are, and flexible ones that have to be behind plastic, even more so. Um, and you've got to remember that the Galaxy Fold screens is on the inside, the Mate X is on the outside. Like how how is that display going to stand up to use? I'm I'm genuinely. That's that's the thing I think. I'm very text. excited to see. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how well it's going to go, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it's really interesting, and the whole folding phone thing is really it's really caught my attention a lot more than I thought it would. Um, it's got a little bit of mix of everything for me. It's got some <laughs> some unhappy Samsung customers. It's got some um, corporate like uh, uh, like um, what's the word? <laughs> Oh, I'm so tired. I need to go to bed. Um, what's the word? Like when you muscle in on something. Glory hunting? No. Basically, you know, it, it's got enough. It's got the right ingredients to be an interesting story at this point. Um, you know, everyone had one. They all broke at the same time, which is weird enough after about two days uh, for different reasons. But they're all related to the screen, which we kind of knew was obviously that. That's the that's the new thing here is this screen. If anything was going to go issues. wrong, it'd be the screen. Yeah, precisely. Like that. That's that's the thing. Oh. But I must admit, this is all kind of conjecture at the end of the day. We don't know for definite that Dieter Bonds, which realistically all this is surrounding Dieter Bonds uh, from the Verge's um, unit. Obviously, we've got the ones that's like MKBHD and Mark Gurman that sort of started to peel that uh, that screen protector off. But that's kind of a separate issue that just highlights the frigidity, fragility of the displays. Um, but... The Dieterborn one is is an actual reliability issue rather than just, you know, they're delicate. Um, But we don't know whether it is debris. It very well could be, um, like, the internal mechanisms of the phone that have broken and are pressing on the back of the screen. You know, there are lots of... um, Obviously, in that hinge, in in that folding mechanism, there's a lot of stuff in there, you know? Any one of those things could have broken, potentially, and be pressing on the back of the OLED, and that could have caused the problem. You know, Samsung, at the end of the day, they haven't said what is causing... That what caused that specific issue, uh, which it, that is, I'm sure that is the issue that they have delayed this product for. It isn't the fact that people are peeling off the screen protectors. You know, all they they said to that, we're going to put a bigger warning label in the box. You know, they've sort of addressed that as far as they're concerned. Um, we'll just tell people not to do this. That isn't why they're taking this back. It's the it's the Dieter Bond unit that is sort of causing all the background controversy and why I fix it, open it up, and tear it down. And they reckon it's debris. It might not be. Um, it might be that this seven millimeter gap actually isn't causing the issue. It could just be the sort of the the, the actual folding mechanism, which is just a big, just as big as a problem. You know, at the end of the day, if you've got your 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 hinge breaking and pushing on the back of your OLED and cracking your screen, then that's no different from you know debris getting in there. Really, 
Um, and that's probably a harder one to fix. The debris one, just stick a rubber bung on the end and there you go. That's what Huawei have done at the end of the day. Uh, they've just stuck a bit of rubber over the end to stop the stuff to debris getting in. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's very interesting and I'm excited to see how it unfolds and we will keep you updated, I'm sure. Okay, uh, shall we finish off with the plugs? Oh yeah, the plugs. Yeah, I did one of those today. Really? Yeah, how did that go? It was the weirdest thing. Uh, so do you want to explain briefly? And then I'll... Is there a process? There is, yeah, there is a process, yeah. Okay, so uh, a few days ago, uh, Apple actually announced that uh, UK plugs sold with Mac devices and quote-unquote a few iOS devices between 2003 and 2010 um, could fall apart with use and expose dangerous components inside, resulting in potential electric shocks and other nastiness. And as a result, you can bring them back to Apple. It's a voluntary recall, and they will give you a more modern one. So this is the old uh, duckhead plug that was the old fat boy, not the one that still comes with iPads today. Um, from my recollection, only two devices came with two iOS devices came with this. Um, in fact, it would be three. I've just thought of another one, and it was the first-generation iPad. Um, so it was the original iPhone, the iPhone 3G, and the original iPad. So not many, and devices that are far from in use today. More Macs would have come from it, come with it in that seven-year period. Um, is what what I found interesting about this was that they are happy to do this for an old product because some of these plugs are nearly ten years old. If a plug breaks after 10 years to me that's fair use they must be really concerned about the health and safety implications of this they must have really f- jack some of these plugs are 16 years old did i say 10 yeah you said 10 16 yeah nearing 20 my bad um i have a few of them around the house they're all absolutely fine but the, my thinking behind this is if i went and used one of my g3 power cords and got electrocuted for, from it apple would probably turn around and say something like we're very sorry to hear about this but you were using a very very old product they, they, i feel like there'd be no real implications like this must be pretty major for them to do this. And then I'm really annoyed because if I had been at work that day, I would have had an inside scoop because no one started reporting this until I heard about it about 6am uh, US time. I happened to be up early that time. Uh, but you guys found out about it about eight hours beforehand. Um, so enlighten me. It was a weird day. Um... I was so surprised when everyone already knew about it because I literally linked the article about three minutes after it was published. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we got in in the morning, and uh, there was a two big old boxes. Um, oh, well, uh, our lovely UPS driver, shout out Abdul. Um, he uh, brought us two lovely big boxes, all two of they, each of which contained uh, circa 150 duckhead adapters. Um, now that was sent to our store, not just our store, uh, every store in our company, um, which I worked out is uh, 7,028 duckhead adapters shipped to our company alone. Um, ill that morning with no explanation. They just rocked up. It was a bit odd. Uh, and then obviously we found out later in the day through official channels what it was all about. Um, now it's also worth mentioning it's not just the UK. It is also Hong Kong and Singapore as they do use the same adapters that we do. Uh, same socket types. Um, long live the British Empire or something. Um... What was I going to say? Uh, so, yeah, I had someone for the first time today. This was, what, uh, when was this? Last End of last week? Friday? It's Friday, wasn't it? 
it was Friday. Thursday, I think. Thursday? Thursday. Um, I had someone today come in who is the first the first person we have, uh, we, we've had who has heard about this. Um, and I must admit, when I looked, I was told by a colleague of mine uh, that, you know, this guy who's what he's come in for, as I was the only one that had any idea as to what to do with the thing. Um, and I looked on the looked on our CCTV cameras, and to my surprise, he was a, an elderly gentleman of, I would say, um, mid-70s, perhaps. And I stood there for You a know second. that doesn't surprise me. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> at the end of the day, these products are minimum nine years old, you know, uh, pushing pushing 10. You know, it, that, that, that's the crazy thing here is that, you know, not many people are going to have these lying around. You know, I don't own a single one of these and I've got a fair few Apple products. I don't have a single one. Um, and I went out and I just had to ask him. So I asked him, you know, out of curiosity, how did you hear about this? Because I haven't heard about it outside of, you know, my place of work. And obviously the couple of articles that I've seen on Mac Rumors and things like that. And, uh, and yeah, I just, just felt the need to ask him, you know, how did you, you know, obviously an older gentleman find out about this? And he said, um, oh, my wife found out um, from uh, from the internet. And I didn't really try and delve any deeper than that. Uh she uh, he he described her as, as a technophobe, so I, I, she must be on the prowl for. Um, well, I mean, if she's a technophobe, managed to find out about a, a voluntary recall of a <laughs> of a ten year old of a minimum of a ten year old product, I'm I was quite you know quite impressed. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's a really simple thing. Actually, you just pop into your your Apple Store or your Apple authorized service provider. Give them your uh, give them your plug. You don't even need the serial number of your device. You do not need the serial number, um, and they will process process it for you. Give you a new one, which is of course the newer style ones, uh, so the ones that you get these days, and uh, you can be on your way. And it's as simple as that. The whole thing takes a couple minutes, if that. Um, it's quite straightforward and nice and easy, uh, and not too much paperwork, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Cause I had never really heard about these, the, the, there being an issue with these wall adapters. Um, obviously again, these are old products, you know, 10 years now. Um, but I hadn't really heard of anything, you know, uh, and it did seem, it has seemed to have come out of nowhere. I haven't heard any stories or anything at all. Can, have, have you heard anything as to where this has come from? No, nothing. No one seemed to know it was coming. It's never been a complaint about thing. Uh, as I say, something horrible must have happened behind the scenes for them to warrant this. That's all I can assume. Uh, it, as you say, these are, this is nearly twenty years old. Like it's crazy. Uh, this is this has to be a health, a major health and safety thing. It's all I can think. That's the only reason to justify it. Not like product reliability and customer sat. This has to be a health and safety thing because there can't be many left around either. No, as I no, say, not at all. My oldest Mac that, other than all the old ones I. Bought, but like the oldest one I actually, <laughs> my first one, yeah, is didn't even come with it, and that thing ran Snow Leopard. So these are old. My first iPhone did, but that that was ten years ago, almost to the day. So yeah, old products. Okay, so a programming note uh, before we go: the next episode is scheduled to be released. Episode sixteen is scheduled to be released on Tuesday, the twenty-first of May at ten a.m. British Summer Time. I hope very much the episode will be out on time. Um, but as you may recall, two weeks ago we had issues, um, which were genuine issues that it would have been on out on time otherwise. Um, getting last episode, episode 14, out on time was very touch and go, but I made it. 
and uh, I'm just preempting that we may miss a week or be a few days late with the next one, but we will aim to get it out on the 21st. I have no idea how we're going to do it yet, but I'm going to try and pull it off. Uh, so if that doesn't turn up, unlike last time, there won't be a blog post about it. Uh, that will be considered normal and it will turn up sometime around the 21st, if not on the 21st, just to uh, preempt the worst. But chances are it will be out on the 21st. Um, so that is it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can do so uh, using the email podcast at blueinkcode.com. If you want to find all the show notes and links to things we talked about this week, you can find them at blueinkcode.com forward slash TBIS forward slash 15. Uh, they will pop up in your podcast player. Uh, if you're using Overcast or Apple Podcasts, no problem there. I've been Jack Taylor and I write blueinkcode.com. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter as at ajacktaylor. The other person speaking into a microphone with me is, as always, Lex McCohen. Uh, he is on both Instagram and Twitter as at amcohen. And uh, we will see you in around about two weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.